0: <laughs> you and your podcast. Uh, all right, it's a big topic this week, guys. Uh, I I get excited about a lot of our topics, but this one's really got my brain. I'm not going to say the f word, but it's really got messed up. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really got my brain. It's really got my brain going. I'm kind of excited about it. So uh, Annie and I have talked about this before. We have talked about um, our our the way we thrive, how we build, how we how we get our shit done, basically. Annie writes to-do lists. She schedules on Sundays. She's got all these things figured out. And the, <laughs> yeah. the uh, long story short, I was listening to Melissa Urban, Melissa Hartwick Urban. I don't know how that's all going for her. She's the writer of, she's going back to her maiden name. Uh, she's uh, She has a podcast. She's a writer of, co-creator whatever, of the Whole30. She's got a podcast out now. It's called Do the Thing, and I was interested, so I listened to her first episode, and I knew she had on somebody that was, somebody she's talked about before, Gretchen Rubin, who has, she's got The Happiness Project, Mm -hmm. The uh, the Four Tendencies, which is what we're going to get into today, and a couple of other books. Uh, Talking about The Four Tendencies is basically a, um, a whatever, it's personality my brain is not working baby brain. baby brain you are you are in four categories according to this book you are an upholder which you can commit to and fulfill uh, expectations from external sources and internal sources an obliger can commit to and uphold expectations from external sources but Really okay. is has a hard time internal. from internal. Questioners want to know the answer to everything before they will commit. And then rebels are, I think it was just immediately rebel against yeah, internal anything. and external. If you say, I'm going to do this thing within three hours, you're not doing the thing that you said you're going to do. Like They'll
1: never commit to a time at the gym. Yes. Like, well, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do.
0: I thought her examples were so... Right on. So, so, so great. So after you listening to this episode of this podcast, I'll head on over there and uh, listen to it. So it was a great introduction to the concepts if you wanted like a TLDR version of the book. I was so curious after listening to this podcast twice that I did go to my local bookstore and read just my obliger section of the book. So I wouldn't, rec- I mean, you could, whatever. You could do that or you could read the whole book. Um, it, it just... <laughs> It is coming at such a great time for me personally. I've been dealing with a lot of like um, frustration, curiosities. Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working in my life? Not understanding why I'm not getting any traction. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what her whole podcast theme is about, is helping people connect to why their goals aren't coming to fruition. And this one really struck, really struck for me because it identifies... A lot of things that I've noticed, we've talked about this before, if Annie wants me to, which is kind of a, I think it's got to be a little bit of a rubble though, because when you text me on Sunday, hey, are we podcasting on Thursday? And I'm like, I'll get back to, oh, like, make wait. it's like, why not text her right now and say, yes, obviously we're podcasting on Thursday. Jesus, I have my calendar on my phone. Uh, things like that. So, or when I was working at the gym really specifically and really on a good schedule, Annie would text me like, hey, am I going to see you at one? it would be like, well, I guess I'm going to work out now because somebody expects me to be there. I'm very good at fulfilling those. So,
1: So what happens when you internalize? So like for you, if you were just like, I should go to the gym, what does your brain then say? To Make you not go, like if I never text you, right?
0: So, I think what I've come down to is like the internal expectation of me going to the gym is overridden by the external um responsibilities of my job or something else. Okay, like I am sense. more, I show more allegiance to external expectations. So, the interesting thing in the book, too, is if you're an obliger and you're in a relationship and your brain considers your spouse to be an external uh expectation source, and then you get around further people outside of your expectation zone so if you usually oblige your spouse but then you go with another couple you will then oblige the couple the strangers the further external yeah. source of expectations so if it's like you'd always do what your husband wants to do and then you get together with another couple and then you always do what that couple wants to do wow. isn't that interesting is that true yeah well i was
1: gonna say eh? I know there's a
0: little bit of there's a little bit of wishy washiness to this She's to said me. they
1: could overlap a bit though.
0: Yeah, usually you have a dominant and like a little kicker side of one of the other circles around you. So if you imagine the way that the circle, her diagram is like two circles on top, um, on top and bottom, and the two circles on left and right, and then you can kind of um, kick into one of the other circles right next t- to you. So there's I'm on either side of me is the upholder, and the other side of me is the um, rebel. So I think. I could, you know, I could apply to both. So, it's just really been so, um, like it's it's what you what you said earlier. It's like you can't say new things to old people. You should say old things to new people. What did you no, say? That's that's right.
1: it. So you can't say, don't say new things to old people. Say old things to new people.
0: Yes. And we've talked about this before, but something about the way it was worded. And my, I think I'm just looking, expanding the field of which this applied to, not just my working out or mm-hmm. nutrition or whatever, but like to my whole life, my career, everything I've ever done, um, just really got under my skin. Same thing as like, I have a hard time reaching out to people to go do stuff, like go get coffee or go get lunch. If you ask me to get lunch or wine or whatever, I'll be there. I'm really good at being
1: Especially
0: there. seven months now, be awesome. Yeah, girl. Want to um,
1: get
0: some tequila? Tequila. Made it. Made it. Yeah, I yeah. to Miles coming up. I
1: know.
0: But for me to put expectations on somebody else, I don't really do that that often. Or I don't expect people to do things with me. So it's been very telling. You said you listened to the podcast yeah. episode yesterday, and this you morning. are an upholder this morning. Yep.
1: I'm definitely an upholder. I keep commitments. I'm really disciplined. If someone tells me, lock it up, I'll lock it up. Right. And But we were just talking about how... It can be a bad thing, and I really like that Gretchen Rubin spoke about this mm-hmm. because she said the reason she has not completed a whole thirty, I did complete one, and actually the thing that she said happened happened to me. Mm-hmm. Is it pulled out a lot of like I like the way she worded it better because I thought for for when I I was doing it I thought it pulled out my eating disorder, but it didn't really. What it did was uh, it just made my rules stricter. Mm-hmm. So I kept my box tighter. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I should just leave. I should just keep doing this. There because was no maintenance means, mode. Yeah. That means that I'm perfect. That means I'm great. If
0: this is the yeah. new standard of mm-hmm. operation. Yes, mm-hmm. which is dangerous.
1: And so, um, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But I like that that you can know that you'll use something and it can be bad too. You can set barriers mm-hmm. and rules. And you and I were just talking about this. I had a. Um, – E-Beth and I were going through the same thing, different different areas of it but really working and growing and we always are we're always a work in progress yes but since having the boys when I had the boys I said I called it a Pandora's box of happiness I just felt in like this little euphoria land Mm -hmm. I felt good about my body I was nourishing it even when I was pregnant I got sick every day but I was like working out being mindful of my body and eating because for fuel and eating good things feeling clarity now I've gotten to a point where I've put an expectation on myself that my boys are almost seven months old and I should be perfectly fit again. And back to where I was. And my body's just not, and I can't seem to tighten it up anymore. And it's pissing me the fuck off. Like, bad. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I just, like, have these barriers? And I still, you know... So instead of me focusing on all the good that I'm doing in my life... It's true. I'm being the bad... Upholder, or excuse me, the um, what's the word? You're upholder, yep. yeah, I am. Yep. yeah, the bad upholder, and I'm thinking I'm letting myself down, like I'm not upholding my end of the bargain.
0: Yeah, the the thing that she kind of alluded to was upholders have a lack of intuition or a lack of um, personal decision-making skills like you make rules and that's the rules like you don't in the moment and anything that is away from the rules is a failure or you have not committed or you have broken a commitment Uh, i just saw somebody else talking about how they haven't drank in five years just because they wanted to give it up but they also realize that having this rule of i don't do this is not giving them the ability to be intuitive to what they want in the Mm -hmm. moment and it's a really interesting practice sometimes i feel like you make rules because you don't trust yourself to make good decisions in the moment. That's kind of what, um, that food freedom forever, like her, basically her maintenance forever package or her maintenance forever program after the whole 30 is to talk about is every time you, I mean, and it, whatever, it can be extreme at the beginning. Cause we're all kind of, I don't know what to do without my training wheels. Um, but making the decisions in the moment gives you a chance to decide what you want in the moment. But if you have rules and it's very strict, then you never give yourself the chance to, well, do I want this? Do I want this right now? Is it worth it for me today? What if it's not worth it for me tomorrow? Is that okay if I do this today versus tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So it was that was very interesting to me. But the see, for me, being an obliger, <laughs> upholders look very envious to me because you can just make yourself do anything you want to do. But it's not necessarily a healthy – it can get to be a point of unhealthy where you have to kind of take it back a little bit and not put so many rules on yourself. I just
1: have so many rules surrounding myself. And now with two boys, I've incorporated more rules. Well, with more rules, something has to give at some point. Right. And you almost feel like you're like at a mental break. Like I'm not going to have a mental breakdown, but I have no more mental capacity for it. I literally don't have any more time I'm trying to like kill it in business and, mm-hmm. it and then still you know so then what do I do I'm like well if I add more, one more workout so I add another rule in and then i God, like I get that in and it's just constant stress constant rule following mm-hmm. and I, I'm just not the type of person to ever just say fuck it I'm just gonna let out because I like rules yes but I think like you said there's a healthy way to have them
0: and it's a lot, I think I think you're already saying this, but it's a lot harder for you to let go of a rule. Mm-hmm. If a rule is made, it's forever a rule. It's not just, well, for the next whatever. I know for when you were talking about doing the whole life challenge, you had like hydration and this thing yeah. and this thing that you're focusing on. Have you been able to let go of some of those things or are these all now part of your life forever? Mobility
1: has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still stretching a little, you know, warm ups and things, but, um, I actually like that, but I have kept the water and that's actually been a game changer. Mm -hmm. So that is something I can do. But I think that's it is like the more that we focus on everything that we're not doing, the more that we can't play to our strengths. Like there's so many positive things that you and I are both doing right now. And if I choose to do that and focus on that, I allow more of those things to come in. Yes. I just had two clients that I love dearly just leave for different reasons. It just one has an injury not from us but just from something else and she just gotta get it fixed and sure. We just had a um, another client just take some rough whatever, it was spring off. Just a couple months just to refocus. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, you don't want you wanna take it personally, but it's not personal. And so what happens is we allowed two or three more Um, another group of amazing people to come in yeah you know and I would have never known that had they not left so I feel like some of those rules were not then allowing some awesome moments in life and I'm really trying to focus on that like when I'm with my boys because I can tell creeping in like all right you need to eat and that's probably why I told Chris this last week is that's why I would get in a podcast last week, I said I'd get frustrated. And I think that's a lot of it is you're not eating in ten minutes. Last time you ate in ten minutes, why aren't you eating in mm-hmm. ten minutes? I need to get on to the next rule.
0: It's so uh Annie. Yes.
1: And I'm trying I, I am working, I hate the word try. I am being very mentally focused, conscious, about intentional about being it. Being intentional yes. with my kids. And if it's not but see like we've talked about, once you are aware of the person that you are, the uh-huh. traits that you contribute to the world, you're more apt to want to get better than
0: Yeah, I think identifying the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you your car is not working right. Well, I guess I'll just keep driving my car when it doesn't work right. Or do you take it to a shop and be like, can you tell me what's wrong with my car? Yeah. They're like, well, your radiator is broken. Well, can you put it in a radiator? Here's $1,000 and a half Who knows how yeah. long I'm radiator your radiator? But the it's almost like we're afraid to know what the problem is. So I feel like I've been searching for the, this answer. I've been searching for this um, identification for a while, and I haven't had a good identification like this in, a, in quite a while. Um, I would say maybe even a couple of years. And this one is, it's hitting me a little bit differently because, and I think um, maybe nobody likes the answer to this test. Nobody wants to be told that they're the way that they are okay. that they aren't able to accomplish their goals because they question them over question them all the time. The one that she talked about was like, can we just buy a refrigerator already? We've been doing research for months. Like let's just buy a refrigerator. You're paralyzed by the in like the abyss of questions that you can ask about any one particular thing. Exactly. Let's just start doing it now and then you know modify as we go along. Every person on the ten like I don't think any of the tendencies are positive, but they do identify how you can Basically, like circumvent yourself. So for me, external expectations are the gold standard. To me, I love accomplishing things. According to the strengths finder, I'm an achiever. So if you have an expectation for me that I can achieve, hell yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. For my own personal intentional expectations, it just it just seems to take less. Um, there's less weight to it. I count on my... and I, Which really like tears me up inside because I like to think that I'm a goal-oriented person. Mm-hmm. But this is really making me identify how many of my goals are motivated by external expectations or by things... Like even if you think about people that do like workout sheets or workout journals, that's a that's an external expectation. I have to um, finish filling out my journal or I have to continue to do something. I can't remember if I put this on my Snap 2 this morning. I was thinking about all the times I've accomplished finishing a Whole30. And the most recent one... You did, yeah. Yeah, the most recent one I did when Aidan was six months old, I did a Whole30 when I was breastfeeding my son to figure out if I was dosing him with something that he didn't like. And external expectation. I, I'm not that my son expected me to do that but it was for somebody else mm-hmm. the thing was for somebody else like that's a lot easier for me to do than for something for myself so
1: I would say in general is though yeah easier to do something for someone else yeah because then you it's not on, on you and a lot of us don't want to put it on us
0: right so the and I haven't had a very much time to like really figure out a game plan to how I'm gonna Just fix to this you. problem <laughs>
1: Problem necessarily.
0: So just a
1: way of working with it, yeah. not against it. Yeah, yeah. But it's Chris calls it a keto all the time and I love that word. He's like, babe, gotta got to be a keto with it. Like you gotta go with the flow.
0: Ebbs go and <laughs> flow. Uh, yes, I have not figured out a perfect game plan. But what I don't like, I'm a very in my mind, I'm a very independent person. So to say that I need to have somebody else involved to help me accomplish my goals, it makes me feel and as she said in the book too, like other people have cited feeling like it's a negative thing, like it's a weakness mm-hmm. to need other people to accomplish your goals. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's already happening. For one, you already have coworkers, you already so have cool. things that are already moving things along for you. But it's just also if I work better in a group, then let's work better in a group. Why does it have to be that I want to be able to work independently? That's my thing. And it's just it's just helping me identify what my strengths are and then how I can move forward. So it said, um, obligers are good managers, are good supervisors, good leaders because. They feel a lot of need to accomplish things for the people that they manage. They're trying to work together as a team and overcome obstacles that way. So it's a strength. It's something that's great. And it's if I look at the positive sides of it, it's a great thing. But it's just something about identifying this and thinking of all the instances where it's so obvious. And now going back and looking at it, how obvious it is. It's just like I came to the gym all the time. When I worked for you guys, I made it to the gym all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Now that I don't have the external, like I could, I could give you a hundred examples of why this is appropriate. So, uh, not really a wrap up yet, but if you have heard of the four tendencies or if you have heard us talk about it before and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's something that you're not maybe going to like the answer of when you read the book or I, listen to the podcast. I, I not
1: find it bad at all. I, but I really like self-reflection, mm-hmm. especially when I'm looking for growth. Like when I'm searching yeah. to find more out about myself. Yes. And that's what I think, too, guys, as listeners, don't be afraid to find out more about yourself. Because I told you, I had a big conversation with Chris last night, just saying that, like, I feel that I've taken a huge step backwards. Mm-hmm. And now I'm no longer loving my body. Those old sayings of, like, I just feel gross. Like, I don't wanna put on shorts. I feel disgusting. I just, and that's my story right now. Mm-hmm. And so then what happens is I feel like a failure. Because I didn't commit to the rule that I said I was going to. Right. And of loving myself or the 10 things I love each day. Right. So then I choose to tell myself more that I'm a failure. And it just becomes this toxic place in my brain. And then I feel like I'm on a lone ship. Nobody's there. Everyone's going to f- look at me and think, oh, my God, really? It's mm-hmm. horrible that you do that. You know? Like, mm-hmm. But then you say it out loud and you're like, I'm not a horrible person. I just have a problem like I have a problem that probably a lot of women have that if I talk about I can be healed and maybe somebody else could too mm-hmm. we had a um I'm training a new client and he had met Chris and I the other night and he's very new to working out and he's in his 60s so he came in feeling like already inferior right but he just wants to be the healthiest he can for he and his wife they got married later in life and I think it's great they're doing it together and he had said that he looked at Chris, and it was actually a reason he decided to sign up, because when he looked at him, he thought he was going to... My husband's like 6'5", he's in decent shape, he's good looking. He's in decent shape. He has, um, <laughs> he, he has just a demeanor about him. Mm-hmm. He, he, if you don't know him, you could think that he's kind of a jerk, but it's because he's quiet. But it doesn't... It's just the way that he walks in with his big, bold presence, and then he's a, um, we call it a soaker, he's an internalizer, so he really like takes the room and yeah. lets everything in and soaks yeah. it. He's at the gym, different story, I'm, I mean personal level. So um, people can't read him at first, and so then they kind of think he's a prick. Mm-hmm. So he was very friendly, Chris was, because I had already told him about this guy. So yesterday the guy's wall came down and said, you know, I actually signed up because Chris, I found out he was so nice and I, it was my insecurities that were stopping me because I thought, yeah. how is this guy going to like me? He's going to think I'm this like fat old guy. He's not even fat. The guy's not even fat. Right. So then it made me look, you know, when you start to talk to people then, and I'm thinking I'm not even fat. I'm not even in bad shape at all. Right. I just have saline I don't want to have. Like, I'm just not used to things. It's new. It's different.
0: Things are in different places after
1: you have babies. Yeah. Yes. And I was the person that was going to, like, you know, forego all of that. And I was not going to be that. You couldn't tell
0: by looking at me naked that I carried around twins in this body. That's how you were going to be. That's
1: how I was Mm going to be. And we've talked about that. Not to be like that.
0: To not go back.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So then I got into the, like I said, the... Like gross negative pool of suck.
0: You said you weren't gonna do this. How? Why are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then it's like not serving to anyone, so I'm pulling myself out of it. I'm learning how.
0: The and we've talked about this a lot. That the once you realize you're back in your comfort zone, it just takes a lot. It's it's a repetitive, it's yeah. a cyclical thing. You're always gonna be pulling yourself back out of there because mm. that's what you know best. Seventy
1: degrees. Yep.
0: That's what you always. It's your safety blanket. It's your comfort zone. It's this, even though it's a shitty place and you don't even want to be there. It's just what you kind of end up defaulting back to. It's your, it's your ground, it's your ground floor. So, I, I think the, the body image, the things. Well, that's not how this looked before. Definitely a very common um, thing for women. The expectation that we put on ourselves. It's exactly. It's what it is. It's like you had this it's expectation. A rule. It's a rule. I had a rule. I was going to. I am going to. I will do. And because you made it a rule in your mind, it's not unacceptable that it's not accomplishing exactly. it. Yeah, it's it's very ugh. And it's if that
1: doesn't bother me. That makes me like want to grow and find. New yes. Rules. So
0: to say that it's a bad thing for me, uh, maybe I'm not describing that very well. I love that this is an identity that I can wrap my brain around mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great thing it's what my husband said he's like well this is what you wanted to figure out I'm like well yeah but it's not like it's not like an admirable thing to it say is. I need but see I think it is I think it's I think it's pretty great because yeah that means
1: that you are going to be successful and like that means for me like this is how I look at it I'm a very committed person Yes, I could commit to the point I told you I was just reading a bad book. Mm-hmm. But I, I commit. So I We're finish.
0: finishing this, bitch, <laughs> if
1: you've ever But there. I think about the gym, right? So if I wasn't committed. Right. And I didn't make rules for myself, I would never have a successful gym. I would okay. never be able to help as many people as we had. Because I would have been like, well, if anything better comes along, or maybe you know, yeah. I'll go to work today, I don't know if I really need to. You know, if I was a rebel or... But because I am the way I am, God, I, I believe God gave me this gift. But if I use it for those good things, mm-hmm. they're really good things.
0: Yeah, there are definitely strengths We have to one all glass of, of wine
1: on date night. Like, these are rules yes. that are positive rules. I don't eat processed food in my home. Like, that to me is a, it's a rule that my kids won't now know any other rule. Mm-hmm. So just focus on those, like you, you giving the shirt off your back for somebody walk, you know that needs your help, yeah. or somebody telling you at work that you're, you know that you they need your help. That's like such a wonderful, wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, it is. There's definitely strengths and weaknesses to both to all of it. What I am excited about now is I can identify this pattern in my behavior yes. and overcome it. Exactly. I can... Remove the, the bat. Yeah, she, made it, she alluded to the idea that we're all born with one tendency. And um, I don't think you can ever... I don't think it's something to fix. I think it's something to identify and to work with. So for me, I will definitely be having more accountability partners in my professional life. There you go. Having more accountability partners in my personal life. Everyone should have accountability. In yeah. And, like, find somebody... Like some. <laughs> and why is
1: that a bad thing? Like that, I have not. an accountability coach. I wouldn't have started reading without her.
0: There's she, nothing wrong with it.
1: I know when I see her next, I'm gonna have to have this book completed. That's my rule. And why is that a bad
0: thing? It's not. No. You can you can apply it however you want. I will have a better network of professional coworkers or whatever. However you want to say that. By the t- in the next six months to a year, I will have a much better network of professional people that I work with, people that I have cultivated relationships with through working with them, things that I have, um, met goals that we have come to together. It is, it's going to be a much healthier career life that I will have moving forward. It was just such a, um, off-putting thing that I didn't, I don't find it admirable to need other people. <laughs> I, have isu- I have, I have issues as well. But <laughs> that's
1: good. Though. That's good. Now, see, that's, that to me is a super one.
0: Yes. So there it comes out. Yes. So. To be, it's a yeah. So I don't find it admirable. So, but why? I find you having or anybody having a network of friends and a network of professional contacts very admirable. How do you find those if you don't work with people? The
1: one thing you always complimented me on from having (laughs) kids was I'm so proud of you for asking for help. I'm so proud of you for helping, letting other people rely on you. Uh, So you, but it's like me. Would I ever tell somebody the things I tell myself? No. Would I ever tell people that I had rules that I have, I would say, get rid of those damn rules. And I have a lot of clients that I coach. I would never tell them these things. Right.
0: It's, it's very, yeah, I'm blushing. <laughs> I love it. That's your super why, <laughs> man. I love that. So yes, this, Holy what, what about. I find enviable or admirable in other people, this is actually the way to get there is to find my weakness in that I need external expectations to accomplish my goals. Gather more people, network with more people, and I can. It can. All of these are two way streets for sure. And then magically, I will have more people in my life that I can work with and rely on. Exactly. Weird. Weird. Duh. That's enough of this stupid podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn podcast makes me grow every time. Damn
0: podcast. Amy and I are running out of shit to talk about. No, we're not. Never. Yeah, never no. have. Never stupid will. With
1: some thoughts. You yeah. always got Thoughts. That's right a. Now. That's especially, a. Especially a million thoughts a minute. Chris is like, wait, where were we at? Oh, hold on. That was a new thought. I got to go
0: back to the <laughs> <laughs> I'm already solving the next world problem. Yes. So hopefully this helps. The book is called The Four Tendencies The uh, by Gretchen Rubin. R-U-B-I-N. The podcast we are referring to is oh. Melissa Urban's new podcast called Do The Thing. It is very, hers is related to success with the Whole30. Um, This podcast is called Two Girls and Some Thoughts with Annie and Ebeth. Yay. yay. And we will catch you guys next time.
1: Can't wait. Bye.